0: Life audio. If you have been walking in shame, if you have been walking in condemnation, if you have been walking in some sort of self loathing or even self hatred or regret, I just want to release you from that today. Your child is responsible for their choices. So whether they've told you that, whether, God forbid, your spouse has told you that, whether you have told yourself that, your child's choices are not about you you are listening to real relationship talk a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above got problems let's solve them because real trials need real truth now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host dana Shea. love we say the word so often but do we truly know what it means Join me on a journey through the timeless truths of 1 Corinthians 13 as we delve into the real meaning of love. Get your copy of my latest devotional, Love Is, and be transformed as you experience verses like love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't demand its own way. Let these sacred words ignite the flames of kindness, compassion, and true love within you. The Love Is devotional invites you to grow deeper in your relationships by providing discussion questions, affirmations, guided meditations, and prayers. It's time to dive deep. True love awaits. Get your digital and printable devotional today at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash love is. That's realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash love is. Hello, my friends. It's Dana Shea, and I'm so happy to have you all here on today's episode. I hope that you've been enjoying this whole marriage and family series that we've been doing on the podcast. And even if you're not married with children, I'm sure that you have found some of these episodes helpful, or hopefully you've actually shared them with some people in your life that you know could be um, encouraged as we delve into some of the topics that really surround parenting, that really surround marriages, that really surround raising kids in a loving environment. So I am excited today about this particular episode. I'm excited about all the episodes, obviously, but today's episode I think is going to be really, really encouraging for those of you parents, maybe you have adult children or maybe you have teenagers or maybe even your littles are making some choices right now that Those choices are actually beginning to even drive a wedge between you. Maybe you find yourself loving your kids, but not liking your kids. Can I get an amen out there? How many of us parents have gone through that where we're like, I love my child, but I do not like this kid right now? And I absolutely know where you're coming from. If you are new to the podcast, if you don't know much about me, I have four kids. My husband and I, we've been married for 24 years. We have four children, two adult kids, two teenagers. So you can imagine the vast uh choices that our kids have made that have not always been great and some of these choices have been minor choices that have had minimal damage And some of their choices have been pretty major, and they've caused a lot of upheaval and a lot of um, trauma even in our family. And so I really want to talk to you all today, no matter where you are in your parenting journey, because this conversation right here, I think, is going to be the difference maker between whether you are going to be able to enjoy a lifelong intimate relationship with your kids or whether your kids are going to call you on Mother's Day and on Christmas, or on Father's Day, and on Christmas. So when I started out in my whole parenting journey, I was 17. If you don't know that story, Sean and I were married with a six-week-old, and we got married at 18 and 21. So Chris had just turned six weeks old. I had literally just turned 18 when we got married. And we made so many decisions up front about how we wanted to parent our children. Some of those decisions played out, and we're doing great. And then others of those decisions laughed in our faces and were like, you just wait until your child actually gets older and your decisions and your promises and your intentions are going to be out of the window. So a few things that Sean and I have decided is we were going to raise our children in a loving environment where our kids were not going to be around a whole bunch of fighting and yelling and nonsense. That was great. We still hold true to that decision today. There are other decisions that we've made that we've had to address, that we've had to kind of amend as our kids have grown into who they are as people. And we have not always done this right. There are things that we have done wrong. There are things that we have learned from. There are certainly areas in our parenting that we had to kind of go back and, and come back and, and say, okay, maybe that works in theory, but that did not work in real life. So what are we going to do? Now we are faced with this decision, this this child has made this choice that has now put us in a situation where we are either going to unite as parents or we are going to divide. And if you listened to our episode last week about not putting your children first, that's really, really important because especially when your children start going through um, decisions that are not necessarily helpful for the whole family, they're they're decisions that you know are going to cost them in the long run, it can be really easy to then put that child as the center stage. All the family's problems are now focused on that child. All the family's attention and energy is focused around that child. And you, we just have to be really careful as married people to not allow even our children's mistakes and their decisions to drive a wedge in between our marriages. And then a few podcast episodes ago, we talked about how to disagree when you are disciplining your children how to do that in a healthy way. Because for sure, when your children are making these choices that are really harmful or destructive or maybe just not wise, that is going to put mom and dad sometimes in these corners where I feel like we should do this and the other parent feels like we should do this. And again, if we're not careful, we can allow our kids' messy situations to, again, drive a wedge between us. So today, this episode is going to be really simple. I'm going to give you four practical steps, but it's also, I feel, going to be really powerful, and I really hope that you all are sharing these episodes because one thing I know for sure is that if you're dealing with something in your life, then chances are that a friend, a family member, someone in your circle of influence is also dealing with the same thing. And sometimes people share our problems with us and we're like, oh my gosh, you know, that's heavy. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to support you. I'm going to see how I can be there for you. And that's all well and fine. But here's a resource right here that you can share with another parent who might be struggling as their kids are making some not so great choices. So The first thing that I want to tell you today is that you need to understand that when your children are making choices that are not good, they're making harmful choices, they're making destructive choices. And this could be, again, y'all, something as small as maybe they're dating somebody that you don't necessarily care for, or maybe they're actually abusing substances and they're addicted to some sort of substance and you can't fix it for them. You can't change it maybe your child is involved in an abusive relationship or maybe they are lying all the time maybe they're a little 6-year-old 7-year-old and they're constantly lying they're doing something that goes against the values that you raise them in or that goes against your values today so i just want you to think about this in very practical terms get a situation or something in your mind let's not make this like ethereal out there let's bring it in let's bring it bring it close And let's be real, real with each other today, okay? There are times in our kids' lives where their choices have caused Sean and I great pain. Their choices have brought us to our knees. Their choices have made us question everything that we've done as parents. Well, we could feel like the worst parents in the world because of some of the choices that our kids have made. And the first thing that I want you to know today is that Your children's choices are not about you. Number one, it's not about you. It's not about whether you were a great parent, whether you were a terrible parent, whether you should have done more gentle parenting, or if you should have been more of a disciplinarian. It's not about you. I think of God. He was the perfect parent with no mistakes, no issues, and look how his kids turned out. So, if you're blaming yourself as a parent, like, oh my goodness, my child has gone off on this devious road, my child has taken this whole left turn, and it's somehow I'm a bad parent, I just want to release you of that today. Now, maybe you made some bad choices. I'm sure you made some bad choices. If you're a parent, you've absolutely made some bad choices. Maybe there's some things that you could have done differently or even better. But please understand this that your child's choices are not about you. If you have been walking in shame, if you have been walking in condemnation, if you have been walking in some sort of self-loathing or even self-hatred or regret, I just want to release you from that today. Your child is responsible for their choices. So whether they've told you that, whether, God forbid, your spouse has told you that, whether you have told yourself that, Your child's choices are not about you. The second thing that you need to know is that your child's choices are not about them. Dana, what do you mean they're not about them? Of course they're about them. They're the ones that are out here making these choices. It's all about them. What do I mean by that? Your child's choices are not about them. The choices are not what's most important. Your child's choices are not about them. It's really about who you will choose to become through their choices or because of their choices. You see, whether you're in a marriage where your spouse is making decisions that are hurting you or your spouse is being selfish or your spouse is maybe somehow neglecting you, right? Those choices that they're making reveal something in you. Who are you going to become as a result of the choices that the people in our lives are making? When your children do things that are off the rails, when your children do things that disappoint you, when your children do things that anger you or that hurt you, you have a choice. You get to choose who you're going to be. Are you going to become angry mom, angry dad? Are you going to become self-righteous? Are you going to become distant? Are you going to become depressed and dejected? Are you going to make your child feel like they never measure up? Are you going to hold your child's sins against them? You know, we talked in the promo about love does not hold records of wrongs. And it's important that we walk that out with our kids. That we let them know that, you know what, you are making some really bad choices right now and I'm not going to sugarcoat it and I'm not going to tell you that it's okay and I'm not just going to excuse the choices that you're making. And yeah, there might be consequences for the things that you're doing, but your choices are not who you are. I think that is such a counter-cultural message to send to our kids today, that their choices are not their identity. And this is why I have a problem when people call themselves addicts. When people label themselves anything, because that means that the choices that you're making today, that means that that's who you are. That isn't who you are. You're not an addict. And I know that, you know, people might disagree with me there and I get it. I get why people say that because it kind of keeps people on the straight and narrow if they understand that they'll always have this struggle with this thing. I get it. But I think that what's more powerful is to tell your child you are not identified by your choices. You might do some things that are wrong and you might struggle in some areas of your life, but you are not that. And so your child's choices are not about them. It's about who you're becoming. And I can look back at our kids and I can see times where our kids have made mistakes and I have become somebody that I didn't realize that I was. Y'all, I had no idea that I struggled with anger the way that I struggled with anger when my kids were really little. I had no idea. I thought I was a nice person. And I am, but I definitely have some anger issues unaddressed. That came out of me as my kids begin to do some things that I didn't like. And then my kids have also made choices where, you know, what came out of me that I didn't really realize was really in there? Empathy, compassion, understanding, unconditional love. Now, I knew in my head, okay, yeah, I love my kids unconditionally, but when you have really walked through some fires with your kids, and some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, when you have really walked through some fires with your kids and you still love that child more fiercely than you ever have before, that is indicative that your child's choices are more about who you're becoming as a parent, as a person, than they are about whatever decision your child is making. So I think it's really important that we learn how to separate the two. We're going to talk about these two other practical steps that I have for you. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsor. All right, my friends, we're back. You know, I'm so passionate about this topic because, first of all, I think that a lot of the problems that we have in society today are because kids were just not loved well. They just weren't loved well. Kids were put on these pedestals where they had to always perform. And when they didn't perform, when they didn't measure up to a standard, they were rejected. They were ousted. Kids obviously were abused. And their choices really had nothing to do with any of that. They were just put in situations where abuse was rampant. And so we have these adults walking around not knowing how to love, not knowing how to walk in healthy relationships because of how they were raised. And so this whole series, Marriage and Family, it's more than just giving you some good practical parenting tips. It's really laying a foundation for us to have a better society. And I know that sounds like so inspirational, right? Like, ooh, you know, we're gonna have a better society. We're gonna all love better, but it's the truth. I think there is probably no greater hurt as a child than when you make a mistake. And I'm talking a big mistake. I'm talking a blunder. And you go home and you're rejected or you're ousted or you're told some horrific thing because your parents didn't realize that you are not your mistakes, that you are not your choice. Y'all, when I got pregnant at 17, that was not on anybody's radar. Okay, that's not like I woke up and thought, huh, I think being pregnant at 17 is a great idea. I didn't plan on that. As a matter of fact, Sean and I were being, quote, careful right? And I remember sitting, I was in college, I was sitting in my college dorm room, and I was like, I have to tell my mom. I had gone through this whole um, really just... I don't even know the words for it. I mean, if you've ever dealt with an unplanned pregnancy, you know what I'm talking about, but you're just going through this whole array of emotions and fear and sadness and, you know, all of that. And I was sitting on my bed in my college room and I thought, you know, I need to call my mom and I need to let her know. Well, when I was little... My mom was a teacher. She's been a teacher my whole life. And she would like basically house these girls who would get pregnant. Like she was a teacher. Her students would get pregnant. And they would literally come live with us for weeks at a time. Sometimes days, sometimes weeks until their parents cooled down. And so I grew up seeing teenage pregnancy a lot. My mom worked in an inner city school. There was a lot of teenage pregnancy. My mom herself was a teenage mom. And my mom always told my sisters and I growing up, if you girls ever get pregnant, I will not kick you out. I will be disappointed, but I will not kick you out. And so I always remember that. So when I got pregnant as a teenager, I knew my mom was not going to kick me out. But you know, I was so afraid of disappointing my mom. My mom and I had a good relationship. My mom really looked up to me in a lot of areas. I was kind of the poster child for Christian girls. I really was. But I had this thing going on on the side called sleeping with my boyfriend that nobody really knew about. And I just remember being so afraid, not that like she would kick me out, not that I would get punished, but I was just so disappointed. I was afraid of disappointing my mom. So I give my mom a call and some of y'all have heard this story before, but I call my mom and I'm like, mom, I have something to tell you. Now I had been like crying and like in despair all week leading up to this conversation. So now it was just D-Day, right? I just had to do it, just get it over with. And so I called my mom and I was like, Mom, I have something to tell you. And she was like, what? You're pregnant? And then my mom did the strangest thing, y'all. She laughed. And it wasn't like a ha, ha, ha I'm so happy for you. It wasn't that. It was like a nervous energy releasing laugh. It was almost like if you've read the story of Abraham and Sarah in the book of Genesis when the angel of the Lord tells Sarah she's going to have a baby and she's like 90 years old and she laughs, right? It was like that. It was this it was this, <laughs> this thing that my mom did. And I don't know why, but her laugh released every bit of shame, every bit of fear, every bit of I'm disappointing my mom. It just released that in that moment. And we cried on the phone and my mom said, all right, what are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? She always had my back. And I will love her forever for that. And I want to tell some of you parents that your children have maybe they've come to you and they've told you things that have been really hard for them to admit. Some of your children right now might be dealing with issues, whether it's them being LGBTQ or them having a secret life out there, or maybe them struggling with some sort of addiction. And they are so fearful to tell you, your response matters so much. And so when you have this whole notion, when you believe this, and when you live this, that my child is not identified by their choices, That is so life-giving and healing for your children. It will make your relationship go from just this parent-child relationship. It will forge a deeper bond, a deeper intimate bond with your child that will never be broken. So I wanna encourage you parents, think about what is the worst fear that you have that your child could ever do or be? What is the worst, worst thing? And I want you to go there in your mind. Let's say that thing happens. And I want you to start thinking about what would my response be? Because if you can prepare yourself for it as best as you can, when God forbid it happens, you're not going to reject your child and cast them out. Remember that your child's choices do not identify them. All right, number three. We need to understand that it's not about the choice. We said it's not about you, number one. It's not about your child, number two. Number three, it's not about the choice. It's not about the choice. It's about the person. It's about your child, your child. Again, going back to what I just said, your child is not their choices. Your child is a whole person outside of that one choice. I was a good Christian girl. And I kind of say that sometimes tongue in cheek, like I was the poster child for Christianity. But the truth of the matter is y'all, I was a honorable student. I was in college at 17 years old. I had a job. I had good friendships. I cleaned my room. I was responsible. Like I was doing a lot of good things. But I made this choice that derailed my future somewhat. And so I think that when we make it so much about the choice, the choice, the choice, oh my God, I can't believe you did this thing. I can't believe you did this thing. Then what happens is we lose sight of the whole person. One of my friends told me this analogy years ago. I never forgot it. She said, and she's had, she has five kids, and her kids have been through some stuff, some stuff, okay? And she told me this analogy. She said, Dana, when well, my kids are making choices and decisions that I don't approve of, she said, I look at it almost like when they were little and they were trying on clothes. They would go in their little toy box or their dress-up box, and they would try on all these costumes. And they would wear the costumes for a little while and they would get tired of it and they would take it off and they would go put something else on and they would put something else on. And she was like, I've always looked at my parenting as, you know what, my child is just going to try that thing on, but it doesn't make them who they are. You see, when we look at our children's choices and we think that's all that they'll ever be. My child will just always be damaged goods. They'll always be an addict. They'll always be fill in the blank. Then what, really what we do is we make their identity about their choice. And it's not about the choice. It's about the person who your child is becoming. Just like their choice is also about who you are becoming, it's also about who your child is becoming. So I love the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. If you've never read that, I want to encourage you to read that. So the story about the prodigal son is about this rich child who gets a family inheritance or who will get a family inheritance. Back in biblical times and even today, it would be very improper for a child to go to their parent and ask them for their inheritance right now. So this is what happens in the story. The son goes to his father and he says, father, I want my inheritance right now. And so his father gives it to him. His father doesn't say, no, I'm not giving that to you. That's culturally inappropriate. No, you're, you're actually um, really violating the terms of our relationship. This is a diss toward me. You're basically telling me I'm dead to you. Give me your inheritance. Well, the father, for whatever reason, just says, fine, I'll give you your inheritance. So the son gets his inheritance and he leaves the house and the Bible says that he goes off and starts living wildly. He starts squandering his money on partying and drinking and just having a good old time, enjoying his little life until all his money runs out. And then he has to go, he's a wealthy son, okay? He has to go from a house where his father had servants and this kid wanted for nothing To now he took his inheritance prematurely, squanders it all. Now he has to go get a job working in the pig pen. And the Bible says that the food that the pigs were eating looked so enticing to him because that's how bad off he was. He was starving. He had nothing. And then it says this, when he came to his senses, he returned to his father's home. And if you know the story, you know that his father runs out to meet him embraces him, puts a ring on his finger, puts a royal robe on him, kills the fatic calf, and throws a huge party. Now, we literally, sermon series have been written around this. We don't have time to get into all of that in this podcast episode. But why am I telling you this is because that father had enough insight to know that his son's choice did not define his son. His son had a really bad moment and made a really bad decision that definitely hurt his father and definitely cost them financially. But that unconditional love, that embrace, that, you know what, yeah, you've made a real big mess of some things, but come here, come here. You're my baby. You're my child. You're my son. I love you regardless of what you're doing. That is radical love. And that is what our kids need to experience. So remember, That your child's choice is not about the choice. It's about the person. Number four, it's not the end of the story. And this is a thing that I think gives me the most hope. Because regardless of what's going on in your world, regardless of what's going on with your children, it is not the end of their story. We are living in such a world where people are literally dying because they have no hope for tomorrow. Teen suicide is at an all-time high because these kids feel like there's no hope. I'm in this situation and I'll never get out of it. And as parents, we have to let our kids know that's not the end of your story. Your story, hey, listen, you're 17 years old. You're on chapter two of your story. You're 35 years old. You're on chapter five of your story. This is not the end of your story. But if we treat it like it's the end and oh my gosh, and we're travailing and we're, you know, carrying on, then our kids are not going to have any hope that they can change. They're not going to have any hope for redemption or restoration. Your kids need to know. And this is why a lot of times, you know, Sean and I are really transparent with our story. We talk about the mistakes that we made as teenagers. We talk about the mistakes that we made as young adults. We talk about the mistakes that we made yesterday because we want our kids to know that mistakes are not the end of your story. Y'all, if I would have been so distraught thinking that that teenage pregnancy was the end of my story, now I'm gonna be relegated to a life full of struggle. I'm gonna be a single mom. I'm gonna to have to struggle financially. I'm not gonna have a good relationship. I would have given up hope. But I had a mom with enough sense to say, Dana, this is not the end of your story. What are we going to do next? Where are we going to go from here? Let's pick up the pieces. Let's cry our tears. Let's make amends if we need to make amends. Let's do what we need to do, girl. But this is not the end of your story. And I want to let you know, some of you parents know that today, that some of y'all have thought, you know what, this is the end of my story. I didn't expect my child to turn out like this. But it's not the end. It's just a season. And what happens with seasons? Seasons change. Seasons come and seasons go. So if your child is making some choices that are breaking your heart, how you love your child is you remember that it's not about you, it's not about them, it's not about the choice, and it is not. The end of the story. I hope this podcast has really helped you to think on some things. If you have little, little kids, oh my gosh, I'm so happy you're listening to this today because you can be so much more proactive. And if you have older kids like me and you've done it wrong and you've got some regrets, maybe you need to go back to your kids and you need to repent. You need to apologize. You need to say, you know what, would you forgive me? Because I made a huge deal of some bad choices that you made. And I just want to let you know that that choice was not the end of the road for you. It wasn't the end of your story, even though I may have acted like it was. Would you please forgive me? Y'all, parenting is not for the weak. Oh my goodness, it is not for the weak. And you're not weak. You're strong. You're resilient. And even if your child is making choices right now that are breaking your heart, I wanna encourage you to know it is not the end of their story and it's not the end of your story. Keep loving that child unconditionally. Keep letting them know that they're important to you, that you see a bright future for them. Keep speaking life over them and to them. Keep praying for them if you're in your faith and believe that your love truly can transform their life. So thank you so much for listening today. You can find the show notes to this episode at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 161. I will be sure to have all the links that I mentioned in today's episode, including the link where you can get your copy of the Love is Devotional. I think that's going to be super impactful and transformative for many of you to go through that workbook, maybe even go through that workbook with a child who's breaking your heart right now. So I love you all. I'm so grateful for all of you who tune in every single week. And even if you're new, welcome to the Real Relationship Talk family as we end every episode and saying a good relationship, even a relationship with your child. Yes, a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts and remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode.